0: Good morning, everyone, or afternoon or evening, depending upon which time you're listening to our podcast. Our podcast, by the way, Destination Graduation, is celebrating its ninth episode. And we are not only celebrating our ninth episode, but if you haven't heard already, we're doing a little more celebration as well. We were recently put into the running for the best podcast. and we are waiting desperately whether or not we won this particular award from the Massachusetts Creators. And we recently found out that our podcast, Destination Graduation, won first place. Thank you. Thank you. So to that end, I would like to share with you a nice little uh, ceremonial moment. Um, Herodin, if you would, would you reach behind you right there and grab that Please right see. off of there and hand me that, uh, that item.
1: Thank
2: you.
0: What, are you.
1: what
2: are you? What are you looking at, Herodan? Here, uh it is a an award. It's glass. Yep. It's, it's in a nice kind of teardrop shape, but it's the Massachusetts Creator Award uh, for for, po- for podcasts. Destination Graduation, Hanover High School, uh, twenty eighteen. First place. First
0: place. Give oh. yourselves a round of applause. Yeah. And in fact, I know this is a little uh, against the decorum of a podcast, but I would like to go ahead and take the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so I know the public is hearing a lot of rumblings and, and sounds that you don't know exactly what it is, but I'm taking out of a cardboard box those awards that Herodin just described, and I'm presenting to each and every one of our podcast. well, they called themselves now the Pod squad. Um, And done a wonderful job. So, one more round of applause for yourself. Thank you. Pass it right along there, Alex.
3: Pass them around. All right. Now,
0: what I'd like to do before you open those boxes, um, there's a person sitting to the right of me. Um, You have not heard her voice, but without her, we would not have been, this would not be possible. Um, We wouldn't even be considering uh, winning first place for a podcast without her contributions to our efforts. Um, Do you mind introducing yourself?
4: Sure. Uh, My name is Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, She is a person of few
4: words. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I work for Hanover Community Television, and I record this podcast every episode and edit it.
0: So without you, we would not be where we are, and I wanted to present to you... Oh,
4: thank you so much. This is lovely.
5: Oh, there it is. Thank you. (laughs) This has been so much fun.
0: So for episode nine, we had said last time what we'd like to do is hear from you, uh, the community members, and anyone who's in earshot of our conversations about our travels and our joys and our triumphs and our heartaches as we went through this process. But, um, we did receive some questions from you, the members of the community, and we would like to entertain some of those for this episode. Before we do, I just want to allow our participants one time, to- one more time to introduce themselves so you know who you're hearing.
3: Alex Cusick. Kat Lawrence.
0: Herodin Bottomley. Alyssa Ney. Andrew Carroll.
4: Alex Stacy.
0: Justy Carney. And I am Matthew Paquette, and it is my pleasure to be in the company of these wonderful individuals. So we will kick it off with our first question of this episode, and this comes from Scott from Hanover. And Scott would like to know, from each of you, for those who have had a rough patch, in quotation marks, on their transcript, whatever you want to consider to be a rough tra- rough patch on your transcript, what did you do to get the right school to look beyond that? How did you get over that rough patch, in other words? Justy?
6: Uh, so for me, I had a pretty, pretty decently sized rough patch my sophomore year. Like uh, terms two, three, and four were not so hot for me. Uh, just I don't know, I had, I had a lot going on, and uh, just wasn't a good time in my life. But um, the biggest thing I would say is like don't shy away from letting the colleges know that you had a rough patch and that you're moving past it. Like and I. Um, On the Common app, there's a section where you can do like a a separate essay where if you want to let them know anything else about your personal life, like something like this, like write an essay and say, listen, like I had a lot going on, you know, detail whatever happened that sort of put you in that rough patch, but let them know that that's not who you are as a student and that you've like moved past it and you're ready to work really hard in college. Like, I know that's how I am. Like, I went from really not even being interested in school at all to like, here I am. So, um, I don't know, just like, don't shy away from it. You might think that it's a bad idea telling them like what happened and like why you did poorly, but it's honestly best to just let them know because then they know that you're being honest about it and you, you don't want them to see you as just that rough patch. You want them to see you as like the whole student. And then the the key with that is like having the upward trend in your grades, which is What's well, helped me a lot and just saying, yeah, I messed up freshman or sophomore year, but ever since then, my grades have been getting better and better and better every term. And they will take that into consideration. So my advice is to just put it all out there because if you don't, then they're just going to think that you're a bad student.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's my advice, I'd say. Yeah, Where would we be without rough patches, right? Yeah. Any, anyone yeah, exactly. else had some rough patches? Yeah, I can agree with <clears you it> Jesse <just throat> a little bit.
1: Uh, I saw for a year. I, I broke my wrist pretty bad in a basketball games, really? so like. I was out of school for probably like a couple of weeks with surgery and stuff like that. So I wouldn't say it was like a rough patch for me, but like it was lower than what I wanted. And as Jesse said, you got to like respond with the next term or like the next year. It's so like that happened late in the year. So I had my chance to respond with the like beginning of junior year. And I think if they show that you're interested in school and you have like really good grades and you're like you're back on track where you were from your freshman year, that they'll consider that. And like they'll kind of like if you put yourself out there, they're going to be like, OK, like he responded. You responded well to what quote unquote a rough patch is. And that's what you got to do, I think.
0: It's interesting, Justy, you had mentioned and you alluded to, Drew, this idea of putting focus on the rough patch. And it seems as though it would be very tempting to want to make that a focus of your essays when you apply to these colleges, perhaps, Um, whether to explain it or to embrace that it is actually a part of you. So our next question, in fact, from Barbara from Indiana says she would love to hear what is the focus what was the focus from some of your essays, anyone want to kick us kick us off? Uh,
2: yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go ahead. So for my essay, I um, I wrote about sailing actually so sailing uh, back from Martha's Vineyard after a regatta in like five six foot seas and thirty mile per hour winds and so it wasn't really just about sailing back. I kind of like turned it into a sort of metaphor for how you have to look to people around you to get help and you can't get to a destination without help from other people. Like, you can't do it all on your own. And so that was kind of, um, one of the prompts was about an epiphany. So I said that that journey, that, like, traveling from, traveling across this, uh, the ocean with the the other person in my boat to try to understand that, that, that let me understand that, um, I've got to look to people around me to
0: kind of get to where I need to go. Nice. Now, I read, I believe, every one of your essays, and your topics are fascinating. They, and they were wonderful essays. Let's just go around very quickly, and, and what, were, what was the focus of each of your essays? I think the community should know this, because it really is indicative of how brilliant and reflective you are as individuals. So, let's start with you, Alex.
3: Um, I would say mine was about growth. It was about who I was when I first started my job at the YMCA Playroom and how I changed through like those three years and like how not only I changed, but the kids changed with me because they were growing up also.
7: Um, I wrote about how travel has an impact on a lot of people's lives, especially mine. It's something that I'm really passionate about. So I wrote about how it's really shaped me into who I am and how I've gotten so many opportunities to see so many amazing things. So I decided to write about something I knew would be easy to just, it would just come out on the paper instead of trying to pull it out of me. So, yeah.
0: You know, just before we continue, your mom sent in a question. She does want to know if you will miss her when you go away to college.
5: Yes, I will miss my mom. (laughs) I love my mom. Mrs.
0: Lawrence, you will be missed.
5: (laughs) Um, So, I wrote about when I went to um, Washington, D.C., and, like, as I was walking um, to a Trader Joe's, there was, like, a homeless man in front of the Trader Joe's, and then, like, a random man, like, walked by, and he was like, oh, do you want anything? And then the homeless man was like, oh, just some orange juice and milk. And then, so, like, that moment, like, changed my life because then that was what made me want to, like, start the community service club and then, like, give back and, like, really, like... I don't know, get into community service and, like, try and help people around me.
1: Uh, I wrote about growing as a leader when times get tough. Um, Like, even though, like, I talk about sports because I love sports, and that's, like, most of my life, as everyone knows. But, uh, like, when I was hurt, um, I was a captain, like, growing as a leader off the field as well as on the field. And I think that, like, the thing I want to put out there to colleges is, like, how great of a leader I am. And I think showing that I can lead off the field as well on the field um, was something I wanted to put out there.
4: Um, my essay was about my childhood nickname, which is Zazu, or like Zaz, like the shortened version that everyone calls me now. And just basically, um, it was supposed to kind of convey like more personality like that you don't see on like your transcripts. And just about like how it like grew with me, how I first got it, how it's like kind of become like the person that I am, like A lot of people do not know me as, like, Alex. I go by Zah by, like, a lot of people. And it's just uh, been a huge part of my life since I was very little. And that is what I wrote about.
6: So if you didn't know me, um, I'm kind of a nerd. So (laughs) my my essay is about um, how in eighth grade, like, I didn't want to continue with band in high school. um, But how I, like, trusted... um, like my parents and other people, like my band teacher or whatever. Um, and I I continued it, and I swore I was only going to do it for one year, but um, it turns out I ended up loving it, and now I'm the senior drum major. Um, and it's just, it's basically about how um, life is like a series of choices and how you have to help, or not help, but let other people Help you and just trust in their guidance. Like, if you genuinely trust in them, sometimes you have to just listen to them and let them guide you, and it can end up working out for you.
0: This podcast began because we held a uh, summer program as a, a college application boot camp where I had the pleasure and opportunity of, of reading most of these essays. And as you can hear, even though it's just a quick snapshot, you can hear how brilliant and reflective um, each of these individuals uh, is. In this process, they've learned a lot about themselves, I think, and, and in fact, Sharon from Hanover wants to know, what do you feel is the greatest thing or things that you've learned through this college application process?
1: I would say just be patient. Um, like a lot of us um, at first didn't really know what to expect if you didn't have older siblings, but like once you get in, it's completely different. Like you're applying to colleges, like like the date runs up on you a lot faster than you think. And like after you apply, it's just kind of like a long like you're just waiting, and you can't you can't like overthink stuff. You can't like second guess like yourself or second guess your essay. Like once you sub- once you press that submit button, everything that you send out there is what you want, and you just kind of have to wait. And if they don't want you, then like say you get waitlisted or deferred, then there's another chance for you to like update your application and just be patient this whole process. Because like as I said earlier, I-, I think everyone's gonna go where they end where they're supposed to end up.
2: Yeah, I think that um, it's actually a lot more surreal than you th- you thought it might be. Like, you're there, you're sitting in your house or writing your essays and filling out the Common App and all that, and you push the button, and it doesn't feel like you've you know applied to college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just kind of sit back, and then the letters start rolling in, and you it's a little bit more real, and then I think that it's really going to hit me when I send out a deposit and make a decision about where I'm going to end up. But for now, it just feels like, I'm just going to end up back in high school again, which I guess is not that bad of a thing, but (laughs) yeah, I Uh,
6: agree.
3: Yeah. I feel like you have to have a positive attitude through it all. I know like everyone says that, but you really need to have like a mindset. For me in the beginning, I just kind of pretended like it wasn't happening. Like I was like, oh, like we're not applying to college. Like we have so much time, like all this stuff. Like that's not the time when you're like supposed to worry. Like don't worry. Oh, am I going to get into this school? Am I not going to get into this school? Because – like, you, it's, like, not in your control then. Like, you have, like, you're going to do whatever you can to get into the school, but you shouldn't be worrying about getting in until you really, like, hit the apply button. Because I feel like I stress so much about, like, oh, I shouldn't apply to this school because I won't get in, or I should apply to this school, like, I probably will. But you have to have, like, a positive, like, outlook on everything because there's nothing you can do at that point except to, like, send your essays in and apply.
5: I'd say manage your time because clearly that wasn't on my favor. And so I'm like still, like I have to wait until like um, March, April to hear back from all my schools since I did all regular decision and I wish I did early, but we can't change that now. So definitely time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, time is precious. Um, There is behind the scenes, as much as you can... uh, Feel that you know the answer to this question. Um, we have Audrey wants to know if you get waitlisted at a college, do you know of anything you can do to tip to scale in your favor, and have you attempted that?
7: I was waitlisted from UVM, so when they sent me my letter, well, they didn't send me a letter; it was online. But they was like, you're deferred, and like these are the options like you can do to be put into like regular decision. So. Basically, they just look at your next term, like midterm grades, so you just send those in. And then they have options like another letter of interest, like another letter of recommendation. There's like these, all these different kinds of things you can send in, like depending on your major, like if you're like an arts major, you can send in like some like artwork or stuff like that. So, I mean, I haven't really done that and I'm probably too late, but yeah. <laughs>
6: Yeah. yeah, It's a little expensive there. So what I did for UMass Amherst, so I I got deferred, but technically I got rejected with the opportunity to reapply regular decision. So what I did is I – they had a box where like, yes, I want to be reconsidered or no, I don't want to be reconsidered. So I clicked yes, I want to be reconsidered as soon as I got the email. And then what I did is I, um, I wrote this thing called the letter of continued interest where you basically um, – just sort of update the college about what's been happening in your life. Um, Like I put this podcast on here and wrote that it won an award and a couple other good things that have happened to me, um, like awards and um, whatever, just stuff like that. Um, And then you can also talk about your academic success, hopefully. um, And that should be the focus of your letter, but also like definitely include um, this kind of stuff. To, and then you send that in and they will consider it. Um, one thing I would say is just email the college just to make sure that they like accept that kind of thing. I emailed them and I was like, can I send this in? And uh, they were fine with it, but don't send it unless you know that they're gonna read it because they might get agitated if you send something in without asking them, so just sh- like shoot the admissions email. Um, a message and be like, "Hey, is it all right if I send this letter of continued interest in?" Uh, and that like sort of helps you stand out from the rest of the people who just click the box as opposed to like actually um, sending something else in because it shows that you like really want to go to the school and that you
0: put the time and effort into writing that letter. I'm curious. I know that we're moving into a more of a digital world, and um, as evidenced by this podcast, and but yet also a more of a visual world and. If you had the opportunity, this is just my question, to send in a video of yourself talking about yourself, would you have done that?
5: No. Honestly, no. I think <laughs> that'd be so awkward. For Babson, you could have a nine-denim because I didn't know what to do. I feel like yeah. I'd be so uncomfortable, <laughs> I wouldn't know what to say. Um, yeah.
0: I might. I don't is don't that
4: know. for just applying to the school, or is it like a reconsideration type thing?
0: I- either or. Either. Uh, it was more just curious.
4: Um, do other people it see it? I feel like... <laughs> I, I, it's probably not. I would say probably no, right? I don't think... But that. I, I would feel like there's different. like a certain type of personality, honestly, that like... You're like, oh yeah, like I can do that. Like you're an entertaining person. Like if you're extremely <laughs> awkward on camera and you know that... about <laughs> yourself, That would, be, that would yeah. definitely not be the play. Yeah.
0: Because I, I know that in speaking with, with other students too, you know, some of them get deferred or, or rejected and they say, man, if I could just get that in an interview... If they could hear if I could ha- if I can talk to them, if they can see me and I can talk to them. That's kind of what, what I was getting at. Like yeah. going ahead and jumping into it and sending the video, you yeah. know. I, I feel
3: like there's just something like totally different than sitting down and having like, a personal conversation mm. with someone. Like for me, I like face to face. Like I interviewed like with a lot of my schools and I think that's a reason why like I got in. Like if I could recommend to do one thing, it's interview with the schools you care about. Because yeah. they know your face you get to email them all the time they'll email you updating you like with things that are happening and it almost feels like when they look at your like application they go oh I met with her I know what her face looks like like I can put a face to the name instead of just oh there's her GPA there's her SAT score next they can go oh I remember her outlook on outlook on this and this it's like a way more personal experience than just looking at numbers.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with Alex. I did a couple alumni interviews, and I think that that was actually really good because I felt su- almost supported by the alumni. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you did any of those, but mm-hmm. it's almost like they really want you to get in, so they're trying to draw out like the best parts of you during the interview.
3: What's an alumni interview?
2: An, alum- an alumni is uh, a person that went to the school. Yeah, I know, so they interview They you. Yeah, so I interviewed with people who had gone to the school for a couple of different colleges. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they were, like, really passionate about the school, obviously, because they went there and they want more people to go there. So they they were really trying to draw out, like, the best information and the things that they thought would look the best when they sent their report to the admissions department.
3: You also have to remember, I know, like, a couple of people, like, obviously I'm not going to say names, but, like, (laughs) that interviewed and I just thought, like, maybe you shouldn't like I just thought like (laughs) like if you're really good on paper don't interview like if you think that on paper you're really good but you don't think your people skills are as like as good as your numbers don't interview it's
4: all about like knowing yourself
5: I feel like yeah you really
3: have to like self-reflect and be like all right no yes it just
5: yeah yeah. and if you do interview you have to be ready for like questions because they're gonna be Mm -hmm. because that's like a main thing it's like what questions do you have and I remember I, I was just like sitting there, and I was like oh, and I came up with like something so random <laughs> and don't like,
3: be scared for interviews they yeah. want to hear the best out of you too like mm-hmm. they want to they're not there to like they every college will say every interview will, won't hurt you it can only help you so like they're there to actually answer questions from you too like you you can ask them questions it's more of a conversation not yeah a like really my girl
5: like she was a senior from Providence and like we were talking and she was like. We were both, like, saying how, like, we're both, like, bad at ceramics and, like, random things like that, like, that have nothing to do with Providence, but...
6: Always have a question, too. Mm-hmm. Have at least mm-hmm. one question for them because it shows that you're, like, doing your homework about the school and that you're interested.
0: Well, it's fitting because Bruce from Connecticut wants to know, can you request an interview? Is it up to you? Do you yeah. get to decide? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can, yeah, you
2: can request interviews. Usually, um, at least for the couple of the colleges that I did it for, what happened was they can either send you an interview request or if after a certain amount of time you don't get that interview request you can request an, an interview
6: yeah it's so.
5: just online like where mm-hmm. when you register for like a tour then it also says like you can register for an interview some
6: schools don't do interviews though so definitely keep that in mind like it it doesn't hurt um the admissions email for all the colleges like that's a great resource cuz you can ask them questions and they're not going to get mad at you um, so, yeah, like, if you, if there's a school you really like, just send them an email or look on their website. Definitely look on their website first because you don't want to ask them a question that's on their website because um, then that shows that you're not, like, paying attention, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to think like a college admissions person. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt to just shoot them an email be like, hey, do you do interviews? And if they do, great. If they don't,
2: oh, well. Oh, yeah.
0: No, go ahead. You mentioned this twice, justy Do you think that, that the interview committees really get mad at you?
2: <laughs> well, I feel like,
6: <laughs> I feel like if you ask a dumb question, they're going to be like, okay, this kid is not paying attention.
7: Like, <laughs> I mean, like if
6: it's, if it's like right on their website, like we don't do interviews. Um, like I know, unfortunately, uh, University of Connecticut doesn't do interviews. Um, and I think I'm a pretty good interview person, but whatever. It's, 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 it's all good. Um, and there are couples, you know, they're just too big. They're too big to do interviews, but it's like, it's right out there that mm. they don't do interviews. So if I emailed them and was like, "Hi, like, do you do interviews?" Then they're gonna be like, like "Who is this?" It's clown? <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. Be like, it's right on the website. You know what I mean? Like, you you have to sort of do your homework before you ask a question, just in case it's on the website, because that could potentially look bad if you ask them a question that's like right out on the website. And that's yeah. a good point. And yeah. you also
5: have to know the school. Like bigger schools, like it probably won't matter as much if you like do the interview or if you go like on tour but for smaller schools it's like a huge deal because mm-hmm. they're only accepting a certain number and like if you weren't there they're not accepting you so you have to like show up all the time like be there like as much as you possibly can exactly. uh,
3: also I would just put out there that for the college fairs don't treat them as a free pen. Like, they're not just there to, like... <laughs> like, that's how I used to do it, like, sophomore, junior year. Like, I always would just go and take the pens and leave. But, like, this year, I... um, My mom told me that the people that are, like, behind the desks or whatever are the people looking at your application. And I, like, didn't really think about it, like, years before. But this year, I was down there for probably, like, an hour and a half. I was there for, like, almost the whole thing because I talked to, like, each one of them, and I thought it helped a lot because they would email me and then I'd email them and it was kind of like a good way to start the process. And it also is easy, easier to get an interview too because while you're talking to them, they, they ask you to come in for an interview. So just don't treat them as a free pen.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that phrase. Don't treat them like a free pen. <laughs> now Audrey had a follow-up question and you can all answer at, at the same time if you'd like to. Okay. Audrey wants to know, what is more important in your opinion to the admissions committee? Grades or SATs. Grades. 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 All right. Somebody needs to elaborate on.
3: But certain schools, SAT scores are also really important. For example, um, URI. If you don't get above an eleven sixty, you don't get any money. So you have to remember things like that. Like it's just like not just like your grades for c- certain schools. Like I think the same thing for UMass Amherst. Like. GPA, but SAT scores are really important, too. It's bigger schools care more about the SAT scores, I think, because... Because
6: that's what
2: differentiates. it's, yeah, it's more
3: than just what your GPA is. They need to look at also how do you test, especially when there's so many applicants. Right, yes,
2: because especially if you have like a big school, they're getting a ton of applicants. So they need mm-hmm. some way to like weed through that. So if they have numbers that they like, they're gonna use them. <laughs> they look at numbers. For but instance. if you, if you're applying to a smaller school, like a liberal arts kind mm-hmm. of small college, then I think your grades and your extracurriculars become much more important because that they're able to take a lot more time with your application and really dig through it and see like what you've done yeah Yeah. for
3: example like Brian, they look at where you were freshman year and senior year you have to apparently someone last year um, my guidance counselor told me that they had like a much higher gpa than what they needed and but the thing it was freshman year they had much higher than it was senior year, so they just went down from freshman year, and they don't want to see that. They want to see you going up rather than down from the beginning, so. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I was fortunate enough to go SAT optional in my school, so. I also said grades are important, uh, So are SAT scores. I think you need to, like, if you have really high grades but, like, not great SAT scores, like, they fact- you can factor that in. And, like, I think you also got to, like, see where you're applying to. Like, if you do really well in the SAT and, like, really good grades obviously you want to like show that you did well in the test but if you need a grade the test like you can look at schools that have SAT optional and stuff mm-hmm. like that I mean I just got an email from my school I still have to send my SAT scores and i probably look at them be like how did he get in but I saw that my dad was laughing at that but uh I was glad that I'm in so they can see him they can't take it back but Jesus uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't even realize that, like, so many schools were SAT optional. Like, probably this time last year, I thought every school you had to send in your SATs. And that's such, like, I think I applied to maybe seven schools and one school required SATs. Wow. Every other school was SAT optional. And I was talking to my guidance counselor, and I was like, should I send in? So, first of all, SAT scores, they cost money to send in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe and do the expression. I personally um, did my SATs different. were, like, on the lower side, like, compared to my GPA. And my guidance counselor was like, if you have, like, if it's on the cusp or lower than, like, their average SAT scores, don't send them in because you don't need to because, like, your grades. And I apply to a lot of smaller schools, so they're, mm. like, um, like more looking at my GPA, like the types of classes that I took, extracurriculars, things like that. And honestly, it's just, I took a SAT prep class and maybe the first day the teacher that taught the class said, the SATs are soon going to be like, um, not irrelevant, but like not Absolutely. a thing anymore. Just like, Absolutely. yeah, obsolete. Yeah. But like, while they're still here, you might as well do good on them. And Is that, that just set a <laughs> nice little tone for the class, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So I took an SAT prep class, and it was rigorous, but. I think I took the same class. (laughs) Was yeah, it class? It was the Kaplan yeah.
5: class? I had a SAT tutor right. for both math and English. they were like different ones. I would go like one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Ooh. It didn't help. I had a <laughs> tutor <hurt> as well. <laughs> I just I, did the I had, had a tutor and it helped, helped it helped me, really me really a lot.
6: Gosh, that in Khan course. Academy, I improved like a hundred points. I think that, that's a lot of points. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, the
2: tutor that it's more about not necessarily relearning the material, but more about like they understand the test and understand what kind of just questions that they ask on the test. So they know, like, the types of questions and shortcuts to, like, Answer oh, yeah. the questions more quickly. SATs are very...
4: like low-key a scam, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> take them as many they, times as, because, as possible. Because <laughs> like that's yes, a good point. In our true. in take the SAT prep class, they don't reteach you anything. They don't teach you how to like do any sort of math. They teach you, oh, like this is a shortcut. Like this is the way that you're taught to do it in school, and it's so much longer than yeah. they're like, take this little shortcut. It's not even math, it's like actually nah. a loophole. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And they're like, That's <laughs> how, to, how that's how to get the answer the quickest. And I'm like, why are we even taking
5: these? <laughs> yeah. Don't take the Kaplan class. It used to tell me like, oh, only answer this many questions out of this many because the hardest ones are like at the end. So then just skip those and go to here and like do like shortcuts like that. And I'm like, well then what's the point of taking it's the test? It's all about strategy. If but I'm not even going to answer. Strategy
6: is a
5: huge. Is like what my they set. teach you.
4: Any any sort of SATs. <laughs> and is, take them they a lot. That's another like regret
5: <laughs> I have. I only took them twice and my SATs are really bad. I so. took them four times. Mine were
7: terrible. I took it twice, but like I got into seven colleges, so I'm really thinking it's not that. Yeah, cool. it's, it's really. If Just because you do poorly on the SATs doesn't mean you're not going to get into college. Because yeah. yeah. I thought I wasn't going to get in anywhere because mine were so bad. And okay. I, I tried to take them again, and I still did worse. So, like, I personally am just <laughs> not obsession. a test taker. Like, I can't sit there and take a test that long. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to get into college. But I got into seven schools. So, I mean, if you have, like, decent grades and bad SAT scores, like, as long as you, like, have a lot to put on your... What's it
5: called? Transcript. Like Transcript. Like get involved. <laughs> and, like, it's a lot of, like, obscure.
7: extracurriculars, like, you'll be fine.
5: Yeah, if you can, like, outweigh your bad SAT Yeah, so, like I mean, it's like a test. Boy. Like, everyone yeah. will be able to do good on a test. I
0: was going to follow up with that question. I know we're running out of time, but when you're talking about grades and SAT scores and this ability for schools to differentiate across the country, because I would imagine, I wonder to what extent schools understand a student gets an A in English from Hanover. Do they know if that's a harder, a greater achievement <laughs> From the person who got an A in English from, you know, Burlington, Vermont, mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, um, because they're so unique, the mm-hmm. educational experiences are so unique to that to that local environment. SATs are national; they're they're universal right. in that sense. But what I heard come out of this is the importance of extracurriculars then. Yeah. Would, would you all agree? that that's a
7: huge thing. That's
0: yeah. starting to become it a It really much fills up your thing. like
7: application. Yeah.
5: yeah. yeah. Like, and it shows the that you're more involved and you'll be like a positive influence on your campus. Yeah.
0: Well, I do want to uh, apologize to not getting to Jane's questions just yet. Um, <laughs> she has a lot. Jane, I promise, we'll get to those questions on our next episode. <laughs> episode 10. Um, the bell has rung for our third period over here. So we got to get these guys back to their classes. Um, But once again, I think you guys need to give yourselves a round of applause for first place. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time for episode 10. This is Destination Graduation. Thank you.